Have I got a special treat for you today. Oh my goodness, I feel like we're just like starting the new year right, and I love bringing awesome interviews to this podcast. And today's interview is no different because I'm talking to someone who I have known for a while now, and we've had many conversations about business and growing and getting a little uncomfortable. And I just cannot wait for you to hear the conversation that I had with Tasha today. So let's get right to it. Welcome to the Profit Podcast, where we teach entrepreneurs how to start, launch, and market their podcast. I'm your host, Crystal Profit, and I'm so excited that you're here. Thanks for hanging out with me today, because if you've been trying to figure out the world of podcasting, Think of this show as the time-saving shortcut you've been looking for. So let's get right to it, shall we? So like I said in the beginning, today's guest is just so special to me. It's Tasha Cochran. And if you've been around the online marketing space, you've probably noticed her and the big things that she's doing because Tasha is actually a lawyer. And don't worry, we dive into all of the juicy details of how she transitioned from being a lawyer to running her online business, but she's also a wealth expert and she's the founder of One Big Happy Life, where she helps people grow their income and learn how to spend intentionally so that they can live their dream life today while also building wealth along the way. I love whenever I catch her on Instagram Live and she's talking about financial freedom and it's just her whole journey is so inspiring. And in less than two years, Tasha has built a multi six-figure business, grown a following of over 250,000. Yes, you heard that right. 250,000 subscribers on YouTube and amassed over 17 million views on their channel. Tasha has been featured in Forbes, Oprah Magazine, and the Wall Street Journal and has partnered with brands like Adobe, Google, LG, Capital One, and Amazon. I mean, she's doing big things and she has something really fun and exciting that actually just launched this week that we're going to get into. Don't worry, we're getting there, but I can't wait to share it with you. So here is my interview with Tasha. All right, Profit Podcast listeners, I'm so excited to bring to you today's guest. So Tasha Cochran, welcome to the show. Hey, Crystal. So happy to be here. Cannot wait to chat. Oh my gosh. So I was telling Tasha, I was, I started to tell her this story and then I was like, no, wait, I have to save this for the interview. So if you kind of hang around in the same online circles as we do, then you may be familiar with Tasha and all the incredible things that she's doing. But I want to take you back to when Tasha and I first met. So we met in San Diego in October, 2019. And I am like a front row Joe person whenever I go to a conference and I was sprinting to the front row. And I think, was it the second day? I was trying mm -hmm. to remember when we sat next to each other, but she came up and I remember we were all like bum rushing each. Basically we were all 
offensive lineman at this point and like tackling people to get to the front row. And mm-hmm. Tasha like threw her bag down and looked at me and said, is this seat taken? And I was like, no, please sit down. <laughs> but it was just, oh, it was such a great memory. And I just love that. That's how we connected. And I don't know, am I remembering this incorrectly? Is that what you remember? <laughs> Um, not only do I remember that, but you skipped the whole, what, hour that we were sitting at the door waiting for it to open. So yeah. that is how intense we were. And, you know, it was so funny because I was an hour ahead. And when I got there, you and Maykay were already there. And I, at first I was worried. I'm like, am I being ridiculous being here this early? And there you guys were. And I'm like, nope, I'm good. <laughs> so, You're in good company. Yes. Oh, my gosh. And well, because so I'm on Central time and you're on normally Eastern time, right? Mm-hmm. And so here we are, we're all on Pacific time and we're just, I'm jacked up. I'm totally, yeah. I was up at like 3 a.m. the second day or the first, I don't even remember all the days blended together, <laughs> but I just remember like, nope, I came all the way here. I'm going to get on the front row 100%. So that was so cool to get to share that experience. And I remember having this like oh my gosh, what if somebody takes our seat when we're mm-hmm. gone? Like, I'm not yeah. even going to go to the bathroom. I'm not going to get food. And and then I realized, okay, you need to chill out. You are being a little crazy at this point. But, but you know, oh, it man. was the best thing that we met. I mean, because you're an awesome person, but also because we started talking about podcasting and you were oh. telling me how it would be possible because I was toying in my head about this idea of starting a podcast. And so just our conversations in between the different presentations that were happening that day really made an impact on me. And so while it's taken me a while to finally get to the point where I'm starting my own podcast, it was always just front of my mind to me that you were saying, this is possible. This is so doable. I'm like, all right, Crystal said it. I can do this. (laughs) She said I can do it. Oh my gosh. Well, and so I want to go back to, because around that time was when you were officially, like, I think you were still in your nine to five and you were just transitioning. So let's start there. Like what has the journey of you becoming an online entrepreneur look like? Yeah. So I had actually just quit my job. So I quit in August of 2019. Before that, I was a banking and finance attorney working for the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, which is the agency in the United States that regulates all of the biggest banks here in the U.S. and governs all the different consumer regulations. So doing really important, really impactful, meaningful work that I love, but I discovered this online entrepreneurship thing and I just just fell in love with it. I loved being able to talk about what I wanted to talk about and not be limited by, you know, bosses above me and, you know, political whatevers, political leanings of the different appointees and what we could accomplish as an agency being affected by who was in the White House. And if I started my own business, I could just go out there and start empowering people to make better financial decisions without having to ask anybody else for permission. So I was just, it was liberating, but also really, really scary because I'd spent my whole life building this legal career. I was like at the top of my career, right? Like my career was set and to walk away from it was hard, but it felt so good. And I remember that entrepreneur experience trip really feeling like I had arrived because here I am, a big girl on a big girl business trip, playing with my big girl business visa, you know, (laughs) and it just felt really good, but also really, really scary. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, I love hearing like the inner dialogue that you were going through because that's, that was very similar. Um, I didn't come from having like, like the nine to five, I had actually quit corporate several years ago, but I'd been a stay at home mom kind of toying around with like this hobby that I was doing on the side. And last year was the year I decided I'm going to go all in. But it's funny that you mentioned that was right around the time that you quit because you had told me that you had a YouTube channel and Mm -hmm. we're going to get to that. We're going to talk about, um, you know, leveraging other platforms and what that looks like to grow using content and everything. But I remembered you told me about your YouTube channel. And then of course you do what you do. I looked you up. I was like, what does she, what does she talk about on her YouTube channel? And I remember seeing the video. It was uh, maybe when we got back from San Diego and I saw the video of you like quitting your job. And I was like, oh my gosh, like she, like she just did this. Like this Mm -hmm. is so like you were just right in the beginning. So let's kind of segue like from that moment to where you are today what has life looked like? Like, what's the biggest thing if you were to say, you know, from October, 2019 to November, 2020, what it's been like the one thing that you're just like, if you would have told me that this would have happened, you know, when I first quit my job, I would have never believed you. Um, so I would say the biggest, so COVID, right? COVID really, I, that I would never have believed you. Okay. And I would not have left the house for like, you know, six months straight. Uh, I would not have believed you, but what's really interesting. Um, so it's funny to say that I was new to online entrepreneurship because when I quit my job, I, One Big Happy Life was a multiple six-figure business. That is why I was able to quit my job. And so I think what's really surprising is that I went into 2020 thinking this was going to be my million-dollar year, and I was just going to go give it everything I had. And then COVID happened, and I'm like, and then George Floyd happened, and I'm like, I can't even focus. And so I just decided, you know what? I'm just going to do what I can. This is going to be my year of ease. This was supposed to be my year of, uh, I think my word, my actual word was F it. Like the whole, that was going to be like, it doesn't matter. Just F it. Just go for it. (laughs) That was going to be my word of the year. And then like by April, it was like ease, relaxation. Mm -hmm. And so what's really surprised me about this year where I didn't even launch not one time is that we still grew our revenue this year. Was it our million dollar year? No. Uh, And by launch, I mean, no big webinars, no big, huge promotions. It was very like I eased into everything that I was doing and we still had a great year. And I was able to hire my first full-time employee this year. So those are big things. That's awesome. No, that's so good. And I love, I love that you shared your word because that I'm looking at mine. I actually I had a friend who does like artwork and she wrote it. My word was dominate. Mm. And now I look back and I'm like, you were so silly to think this was your year. But you tried, you tried. Mm-hmm. Like we're looking at the January versions of ourselves. Like, yes. but you know what? We're gonna try again. Oh <laughs> so. my god, 2021 million dollar again. Here we go. Yes, yes, and here we go. I even have decided one of the things that I'll be doing on my podcast, which is very scary, the scariest thing ever, is that I'm going to go ahead and do income reports the whole year of 2021 with the idea that hopefully I will be tracking my million dollar year. And if it's not my million dollar year, well, I'll be tracking like the highs and lows and just being really transparent along the way. So I'm really excited and nervous and scared, but looking forward to it. 
Oh my gosh. Well, I, I really, I love this idea. I think I've always been fascinated. I've followed bloggers for a long time that have done this and it's, it's really encouraging to see Mm -hmm. the breakdown. And I know, oh my gosh, y'all, Tasha is a numbers girl. I love Mm. following all the things that she, I've, I've binge watched your videos where, uh, you and Joseph, your husband, Joseph, I said that. Yes, right. Joseph. I'm like, wait. Mm-hmm. I was like, wait. Is it okay? Yes, I said the right name. <laughs> but y'all just sitting and chatting about building your wealth and building the life that you dream of on your agenda, not mm-hmm. someone else's. And yes. I love this so much. And, and so sharing I our talk- numbers, right? Yes, and sharing yes, our sharing net worth. Numbers. So like bearing it, bearing our financial souls to the world is not new to us. I've just never done it on the business side. Yeah. Well, so let's talk about this. So you've, when did you start your YouTube channel? You were still in corporate. Yeah. I didn't really mean to start a YouTube channel. And so I'm going to have to take it way back to what actually started this, which was back in 2013. uh, For those who can't see me, I am black and I have long relaxed hair, meaning my hair is chemically straightened. And my daughter, Alexis, is biracial. And so her hair is just, you know, these beautiful flowing curls. And she was going through puberty and we lived in Texas, you know, where, and like most of the world, blonde haired blue eyed is the standard of beauty. And it was, she was having a hard time and with her hair and she wanted to chemically straighten it. And I said, no, your hair is gorgeous. You should just wear it curly. And she's like, well, why don't you wear your hair curly mom? And so I'm like, you know, point taken. So I went on YouTube to figure out, okay, how can I transition to curly hair? Because my mom relaxed my hair when I was six. So I had no idea how to do it. So I went on YouTube. I'm like, oh, there's all these great videos about how to, it's called big chop. So cut off all your relaxed hair so that you're natural curly hair can grow out. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this. And I'm just going to throw the video up on YouTube to pay it forward because I learned from all these people and I want to inspire other people the way I was inspired. I just left it there. 2013, cut all my hair off, had a teeny weeny afro. Years (laughs) passed. Occasionally I would do a little update to show people how my hair was growing out, but never really thinking anything of it. Well, fast forward to 2016. I had just had a baby and I left my law firm job to work for the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, FDIC, in what was supposed to be just a super easy laid back job, right? A nine to five. I could set my own hours like and it was a travel job from hell with the worst boss of all time. And I was miserable and like to where I would cry every Sunday because I would have to leave and we had struggled to conceive my son. And so to have to travel all week long was, was really challenging. And Joseph's like, look, you got to, something's got to take your mind off of this. You've got to find a passion project while you search for a new job. And right around that time, I got a hundred dollar check from YouTube because those couple of hair videos had been sitting there for years, getting $5 here, $6 there. And they finally reached the pay, the payout threshold of a hundred dollars. So I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'll just start making YouTube videos because why not? I got $100 from it. And so I made a couple of hair videos. And I'm like, you know what? I don't like talking about hair. Like that is not interesting to me. What do I like talking about? So I started talking about personal finance and lifestyle design. I started showing our lives with vlogs because, you know, I believe that with personal finance, the things that we're told, we never see what kind of lifestyle that looks like that gives us. And I I think most people won't want that life, right? So I wanted to show them, these are our financial principles. This is how you crunch the numbers. And this is what life looks like with these financial principles. And so it just took off from there. So this was um, basically the beginning of 2017. Oh my gosh. Well, I'm just sitting here 
listening to your story, you know, it's like you you decided to just, you know, I'm just going to throw this up here and see what happens. Then you got some traction and you're like, oh, wait, this platform can work, but how do I really want to use it? And you use something that you already were familiar with, like finances, and you're like, but what am I passionate about? And it's like, mm-hmm. you know, helping people build that wealth. And And I think that as content creators of all kinds, you know, of podcast, YouTube, blog, you know, social media, whatever it is, that we think that a a lot of people say, I want to start a YouTube channel. And then you say, okay, what do you want to start it about? And they're like Mm -hmm. deer in headlights. Like, I don't know. I just want to have a viral video that, you know, hits a million. Like, I just want to create something viral. And you just like kind of laugh behind closed doors. You're like, oh, you don't even know. Like, you don't, (laughs) that's not, that's not what it is. So, um, I just, I love the behind the scenes of how it all got started. And I have to tell you from another behind the scenes perspective, Tasha's in the middle of remodeling her bathroom and I've been following those Instagram stories (laughs) and I love it. I love that you're sharing all this stuff because it just gives you a peek into, you know, who you are, not as a professional finance guru who wants to help you, but it's like, Hey, this is how we budgeted to make this happen. And mm-hmm. I love when you're showing pictures of your husband fixing things. You're like, <laughs> hey, when you're on a budget, like, you know, he's he's the handyman. <laughs> he's yeah. the one like trying to fix things. So I love that you're giving everybody a peek into what your experience going through life is. I think yeah. that that's just that's super awesome. So I do want to switch gears for a second because you said before we started recording and even since we started you're like I'm terrified about podcasting. And I want to know how is someone who's so comfortable on video because I feel like most of the audience is the opposite. They're like I chose podcasting because I'm so like I feel like I'm going to flub over my words if I if I have a light on and I have to have a backdrop and a camera and everything. So Kind of like break down for us, what are some of the things that you've thought about for your podcast? And is it the same as the content you're already creating right now for your YouTube audience or your other, you know, email list, anything else like that? So the content of the podcast is different. Um, I have settled on a name for the podcast, which I still feel, I just want to, I'm just going to let you guys know, this is, I'm going to tell you the real deal. Okay. I'm going to tell you exactly how I'm feeling. I'm not even going to pretend like I have it all together because I don't. (laughs) Um, So Wealth Life Balance is the podcast name that we have settled on. And it's basically, it's a lifestyle podcast for entrepreneurs and aspiring entrepreneurs. So how do you build a successful and sustainable business from scratch that will allow you to quit your day job and have the kind of lifestyle that you want to have? And so it will be very much like One Big Happy Life in that it's well-rounded. So it's not just going to be marketing tips and strategies. It's time-saving tips. It's mindset you know, productivity hacks for entrepreneurs specifically. And so while the podcast will live on our One Big Happy Life YouTube channel, because I'll be shooting a video at the same time, my income reports won't be on YouTube. So that's going to be exclusive content for my podcast listeners. And in terms of what has been holding me back, what things have I been struggling with? So I just feel like the format of a podcast is very different. Like this idea of Coming up with an intro, I finally, after three months, wrote the intro, 
It is a whole minute long and uh, I feel like it might be too long, but I'm, I feel like I should just run with it. But there, it's just so much like, well, this intro was going to be used over and over and over. So I better get it right. Whereas a YouTube video, every video can be different. Every video is a new opportunity to try something creative and people expect that. Whereas I feel like with podcasts, people thrive on knowing what's coming next, understanding the format of your show and exactly what your show is about and exactly who it's before. It's like, I don't want to make all these decisions. I just want to just flow with it. Also, I feel like podcasts feel so much more thorough than a typical video, especially because I tend to listen to Amy Porterfield, who has these really long and just so complex and amazing podcast episodes, just packed full of information. I'm like, I don't think I can talk for 45 minutes straight. (laughs) How long are your YouTube videos typically? So 15 to 20 minutes long, uh, I would say 15 minutes long after editing, 20 minutes total. But here's the other thing. The podcast will be a solo show. So for the past two and a half years, Joseph and I have been making videos together. So I am used to having a co-host and only when I started to make solo shows, because Joseph's like, um, why do I need to work? This is your full-time job now, isn't it? <laughs> Uh, And so then I realized how hard it was to fill all the space by yourself. So we had gotten away with just a few bullet points to shoot a 15 minute video. And all of a sudden I realized I actually needed to think through everything that I'm saying because I'm by myself. So I can't be stopping every 30 seconds to look down at my notes. So that's been a bit of uh, a challenge. Yeah. And I felt like that would transfer over to podcasting too. Well, it's so good to hear like the behind the scenes of like how you you formulate everything that goes into your videos. And uh, I can tell you from like a coaching perspective that you absolutely don't have to talk for 45 minutes straight. And you can 100%. It's funny because I listen to Amy Porterfield's podcast as well. I've listened to tons of other podcasts that are in our space. And because I've been in this space for a while or kind of being like a creeper, you know, on the sidelines, like looking at everything. I'm like, okay, like I'm just going to watch from afar for a while. I've seen the evolution of shows. And I can tell you that what you decide on, like when you first launch, you can always pivot. You can always, like if anything we've learned in 2020 is you can (laughs) pivot and try something new. So I, I, I know that whatever you settle on, like right now, as soon as you launch your podcast, you're going to be like, I don't know if I love it, but it's okay. And I can always change it in the future. So I'm just, I'm coaching you now. Now we're in full-blown coaching mode. And if, for those of you that don't know, Tasha is actually, she was one of my previous clients. We worked Mm -hmm. together earlier this year. And um, I just, I love seeing how you're taking a very strategic approach to your podcast. And you're not just saying, I'm just going to throw it together and put it out there. Because uh, like you said, it is a different, audience or a different segment of your audience that you're really trying to target. So tell me a little bit more about what it's been like. I'm going to like switch gears on you for just for a brief second, but to really approach who you've been talking to since you've been in the online space, but get now narrowing, I can't, I'm making up words now, narrowing down on one segment of your audience and just sharing this entrepreneurial, like behind the scenes information with them? You know, it's been a challenge because we're always told that we're supposed to niche down and 
personal finance and business, they are two different niches. Now, luckily, they're kind of like uh, overlapping circles, like a Venn diagram with only two circles. It's, am I using the right? I feel like I get these examples I, wrong. I, I don't know right. why <laughs> I try to do them on the fly. But basically, starting a business is a way of growing your income. And it's actually a kind of investment because a business is an asset. And so and the side hustle culture is so rampant now. And so many people are looking for different ways to make money online. So we knew that there was actually some amount of connection between our current audience and this other audience, this subset of that audience. But it was still challenging because I didn't want to completely segment them. So I want to talk about business on my YouTube channel, which ends up being really meta because I'll be talking about things that I'm doing on the personal finance side of my business, on the business side of my business. And so the people who are just there for the personal finance are watching the business stuff like, oh, so she created a video and then created a lead magnet so that I would join her email list. So that that part is a little bit tough, but the way I see it, it's people, I think it's great information. And if people are even remotely interested in what it's like to be an entrepreneur, even if they don't want to start their own business, they can watch that or they can skip those videos. So the the videos will be on Friday. So that's how people can segment themselves. The hardest part for me has actually been Instagram. How do I start incorporating talking about this business podcast, talking about business on Instagram? So it'll be one post about personal finance and then right next to it is a business post and no one knows what they're going to get on any given day. So that felt a little bit harder, but the way that I look at it is I am a whole person We are a whole business. And so we talk about all the things that are underneath our business umbrella. So some of that will be personal finance and investing. Some of it will be lifestyle design. And some of it will be taking charge of your income potential with your own business. And the right people will stick around. And the people who don't want to hear about that, they'll leave. And that's okay. Yeah. I I love this approach, though, because it's still the umbrella effect, right? Like you have this umbrella. It's not like you talk about finances and then talk about underwater basket weaving or something, Mm -hmm. you know, like something that's totally not related. You're still under the same umbrella. So I like, I I think about it, which I'm not a finance person per se, but I, I think about it. You're just diversifying your portfolio. It's like, man, you know, if, if anything, you know, you're, you're just making it a different approach for someone else. And I love that you have the background and the foundation of, having already created content on YouTube. So you know, going into a podcast that like, okay, I know that this works because we've gotten video views on it. And I know this works because I've been approached by sponsors. And Mm -hmm. this, oh, this was, oh, that was such a strategic segue on my part. (laughs) I'm gonna give myself a little pat on the back because that was not intentional. Now I shouldn't have even brought it up. But I did want to talk to Tasha about sponsorships because this is something that my audience, it's just like this, you know, like the Wizard of Oz is behind the curtain and like they're pulling strings that no one really understands how working with brands work because most listeners in our audience, they're not to the point of their podcast having so many downloads that they have brand deals and sponsors just getting thrown at them saying, here, like, please, like, just take our money. We want you to talk about our stuff. So what has that experience been like for you? Because you've worked like, Let's brag on Tasha real fast for a second, because you have worked with some incredible brands. So let's talk about that. What has that experience been like? 
So the experience varies by the brand. Um, but yeah, I have, we have been able to work with some really great brands. It's kind of been crazy because I never really expected that. I didn't see brand work in my future when I started my YouTube channel. And it's just brands started reaching out to us. They liked what we were doing and they wanted to work with us. So we've gotten to work with Amazon, HP, um, Cricut, which is a, it's like a, like a paper cutting craft tool, like machine, um, which then helped us work with DC. So we were just on the Wonder Woman Instagram, which was amazing to be featured among all of those iconic images of Wonder Woman. And there was me and my daughter there on their Instagram. Who else? Sony. I mean, it's just been really, it's really great. Um, But I would say that it is not as glamorous as people think that it is. It really is work. And so when you are working with a brand, you're basically like that brand's marketing team on a piece of content because you've got to figure out how do you incorporate the brand messaging into your content in a way that is approachable and feels relatable to your audience but also makes the brand happy. So there can be a lot of back and forth on the brand work. They can be a lot of work. Yes, they can also pay really well. Um, the brand work side of our business does bring in six figures every year, um, but they, they're they a lot of work too. It's not just a walk in the park, like somebody saying, here, here's a check. Like, you know, just go do your thing and have fun. (laughs) So some can be. Honestly, one of my favorites has been, so we did a partnership with Visit Florida. So we flew the whole family out to the Florida Keys and we basically went on a family vacation for four days in the Florida Keys uh, and were paid to do it. And yes, we had to document and create lots of videos, which slows things down. It's very much like a production where you only get one take at everything. So it's challenging, but gosh, it was so much fun. Cause like we are vacationing in the Florida Keys and this is our job. It was amazing. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like so much fun. So, so how does this actually work? Like, so like, I want to know about like the baby steps into working with a brand because I've talked to specific ad networks that work with podcasters, right? But I'm curious to see, like, did someone approach you and say, hey, Tasha, we love what you're doing on this channel and we think that our brand may be a good fit for you? Or was there another conversation that happened? So it's there. It's been a combination of them approaching us and us reaching out to them. And the one thing that I will say, just from a podcasting perspective, like you mentioned that your people, their their podcasts are small. So two things about that, because obviously my podcast will be small too in the beginning. I I think about it in terms of my the podcast serving my business. Ends, right. So I am my podcast's sponsor in the beginning. And so the things that I highlight are my products and services and opt-ins and things like that. And there's value there. But I also think there's value in going ahead and doing affiliate type of programs where you share your affiliate link as your sponsor brand partner for that particular podcast episode, because it's it's better than nothing <laughs> in the beginning. Uh, should we pause? So that no. I can, okay, the dog barking is not a problem. No, it's fine. <laughs> okay. Um, 
But in terms of how we started working with brands, in the beginning, when we were smaller, fewer brands approached us. Typically, it was us us reaching out to them. And so what we would do was join different sponsorship networks, like there are a couple that are specific to YouTube, like uh, Grapevine Logic. Um, what are some of the other ones? Uh, um, Aspire IQ, things like that. We would join those where brands would post different campaigns. And so then you would pitch to see, okay, this is my concept. Would you be interested in working with me? And nine times out of 10, it would be no, but one out of every 10, it would be yes. And so those were much, much smaller brand deals. So it could be a few hundred dollars to maybe a thousand at the most two. But as we got bigger, more and more brands would reach out to us directly. And so then they would they would say, this is the campaign. These are the deliverables. What is your rate? And so then we had to set a chart, like our rate for different types of deliverables that brands might ask for, whether it's a 30-second integration, a two-minute integration, a two-minute integration plus an Instagram post or an Instagram swipe up. And so we would put together packages to say, okay, this these are our rates for these specific deliverables. And then finally, it got to the point where now every time a brand reaches out to us, we let them know that we have a minimum engagement rate. So we won't do a single, we will do a single Instagram post, but they will pay the minimum engagement rate for that single Instagram post because we know kind of which deals are quote unquote sort of worth it to us from a time value standpoint, like return on our time. And so now we will turn brands away if they're not able to hit our minimum engagement rate. Oh my gosh. I like everything that you just said. I feel like somebody's mind just got blown. Like, oh, this is so good to hear because like I said, I I think that a lot of people, it's like this big mystery on how podcast advertising works because a lot of people don't want to pull back the curtain and tell people how it actually works. And as y'all have noticed, like I haven't said, Tasha, how much money exactly are you making? And that's like the numbers that people just get scared. They're like, somebody's going to ask me, I don't even care. I don't even care. Like, I love that, you know, you're making six figures with, you know, the different brand brand deals that you're working on. But honestly, at the end of the day, that doesn't matter because if Tasha had not come up with a duplicate, like a duplicating system where she could look at it and say, we worked with this one brand. It was an awesome experience. How do we find more people like that? Or we worked with this one. Don't don't even look at that company's Instagram or anything. Like we don't ever work with them again, you know? Mm-hmm. So this is really what I want podcasters to understand is you have to have a system on how you are going to approach brands, how you're going to work with brands. That way, when you do, like Tasha said, even if you have a small audience right now, you got to have that five-year plan of it may be small now, what is my goal? What is Mm -hmm. my goal to have in the future? Because working with brands is absolutely something. And I have to go back to what you said a second ago, y'all. Tasha put the biggest smile on my face when she said, you are your own sponsor in the beginning. Mm -hmm. This is what I teach. It's what I preach. It's what I believe is you should be sponsoring your own podcast episodes in the beginning, whether it's your lead magnet, your course, your program, your membership, whatever it is. So Okay, I'm just going to put you on the spot just for a second. Don't worry. It's not going to be super hard questions. But I'm sitting here thinking as you're looking at your launch, you're planning out like what are some of the strategies I want to implement? Where do you find yourself as far as 
Do you want to list build with your podcast and then like kind of warm up that audience and then invite them into your programs? Or are you thinking, I think I'm just going to flat out say this episode is sponsored by, tell me some of your thoughts on that. So I will, I will definitely list build, but uh, one approach that I like is to in the outro talk about, invite them to join a program. So right now, the only program that I have that is open enrollment all year round is my business mastermind, which is the Ascend Incubator. So at the end of the program, I'm going to say that, you know, I created Ascend for people who were just like me, people working a nine to five, but who wanted more freedom and more income and wanted to live their life on their own terms, but don't know where to start and want that six figure business. So if that's you, and if you want my help to support you as you're growing that business, then I'd love for you to apply to the program. And I would say that at the end of every episode, but I also imagine that during the course of the episode, so I might actually put a brand sponsor earlier on in the episode because I do have relationships with businesses because of the work that I've done on YouTube. So I imagine that I will have a Thinkific, for example, spot on there or a bench spot on there because I am currently a brand ambassador for both of those companies and or at least work closely with. I don't want to say brand ambassador because that's like a very specific thing, but affiliated with. And so I will likely I will put those in the front. But if I'm having a particular program, so let's say maybe for Ascend, I am doing some kind of live launch, I'll mention, hey, guys, I'd love for you to join my webinar. I wouldn't say it like that. But you know, I it would be an ad spot like this episode is brought to you by my new live masterclass. And I would have no problem saying that. But also during the episode, I will likely also mention my lead magnets wherever it's relevant. Yeah, I love this. I love this so much. And actually, I want to talk about this because you actually have a lead magnet and a great free resource for our audience that is all about working with brands. So can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, there are so many things when it comes to working about working with brands that people don't think to ask a brand about or even think about themselves until they find themselves in the situation and they brands will continue to ask for things just so you know like it is the rare brand that's not like hey can you do this and can you do this and so it's important that you set boundaries and expectations up front so it the guide it, the guide to working with brands talks you through things to consider as you are pursuing brand deals so thinking about how much you're going to be charging thinking about how, what it's going to cost you to provide the services in terms of number of hours, thinking about things like the number of edits that the brand is allowed to do and, you know, asking for timelines and uh, um, the campaign details up front so that you know exactly what they're expecting so that it walks you through all of that. That's awesome. And you're going to find those uh, in the show notes. So uh, make sure and check those out. We're going to have all the links to everything that we've talked about today. You'll have to go check out Tasa's YouTube channel because I love seeing you and your husband on camera and y'all are just so funny. Y'all are so funny together, how y'all just kind of pitch and catch and like you, the the flow and the rhythm. I don't know if that's amazing editing or y'all just have this incredible chemistry, but I just, I love watching the two of you on camera. Y'all are so much fun. So I want to switch gears real fast. Are you up for some rapid fire questions? 
Yes, I suck at rapid fire, but I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it a shot just for you. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Usually, it's like rapid fire, and everyone's like, "Yeah, but can I keep? Can I keep explaining?" And I'm like, "Yeah, sure. We'll keep going." Okay. So this is actually going to be tweaked a little bit because normally I would ask, "What advice would you give to a brand new?" podcaster. But since we are speaking to you as a brand new podcaster, like I'm just, I'm throwing it out there. We're going to have Tasha's like all the information about her podcast very soon. I cannot wait to see it. But what would you give, what piece of advice to someone who's just brand new to this world, the online space? And they're just like, I don't even know, or shiny objects. There's all kinds of information flying at me. What is the one piece of advice that you would give to them? pick one thing and go all in on that thing and just let it be messy. And it's funny that I'm saying that because I'm like, oh, well, my podcast, I don't want it to be messy. But that's because it's not my first thing. I feel like, I, you know, I should know how to do this by now. I don't. But pick one thing and go all in on that. So I did YouTube exclusively for three years and basically nothing else. And then I picked up Instagram and now I'm picking up podcasting. I love it. I love it. That's such great advice. Okay. Now this is a two-part question. What is the dream podcast that you would absolutely love to be on? And then for your podcast, I know you said it's probably going to be solo, but if you could interview someone, who would be your dream podcast guest? Okay. So my dream podcast would be Amy Porterfield's Online Marketing Made Easy. I'm putting it out there. I'm actually going to pitch her this month. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, if you guys are friends with Amy, just pop on over to her DMs over on Instagram and say, hey, Amy, you know, there's this Tasha girl. Please have her on your podcast because she's amazing. <laughs> and then in terms of who I would want on my podcast, I would say probably Oprah. Oprah would be just amazing because she's just done such incredible things with her life. Just, just these bold, daring things. She motivates so many people. She's changed so many lives. And I just want to just hear anything that she wants to pour into me and my audience. So yeah. Yeah. That would be, I mean, that's, yes, that's, you have arrived. Not only have you arrived, but I mean, it's just like, oh my gosh, Oprah, like I would just be crying. I'd just be a bawling mess. I wouldn't be able to ask her anything. I love it. But a close second is Beyonce. Oh yeah. There we go. Like she's amazing. And I think she doesn't really say you know, she doesn't put herself out there as much and say what she thinks as much, but she had this amazing speech. Um, it was a, a graduation speech. I don't even remember where. I just watched it on YouTube and she talked about building your own stage. She's like, build your own stage and make them see you. And every single time that entrepreneurship starts to feel hard for me, where I start to feel not seen, which is silly because clearly I'm being seen, but I, I just remind myself, like I'm building my own stage. I'm going to make them see me. Like it doesn't matter how long it takes. And so that that's been very motivating. So I would love to know what other nuggets of wisdom she has hidden in there. So she's not, she's being stingy, just not she sharing is. with the world. <laughs> I love it. That's really good. Okay. My last question is, do you consider yourself a perfectionist? So, uh, yes, I do consider myself to be a perfectionist. I think that is some programming that I'm working on undoing. I actually just hired a life coach, my good friend, Goli from the former lawyer podcast. 
And so I think that there is just this leftover kind of wanting to be like wanting to please people and feeling like I need to be perfect in order to be loved because that was definitely ingrained in me by my parents. And I think that when we push for perfection, we waste a lot of time and we slow ourselves down. So I'm working on being less perfect, which is part of why I'm doing, I'm documenting my journey next year on the podcast because I realized that I could very well fail. So I am committing to doing this, even if it doesn't work out, which goes against my perfectionist tendencies. I love it. Uh, Oh my gosh. Like I I can't, I'm like, okay, Tasha, like I want to have the launch date. I want to know when it's coming out. I want to know all the details. So we will have those for you. And I just, I'm, thank you so much for being on the show and for sharing pieces of your journey that, you know, some people would probably just be like, oh no, I don't want to talk about that or I don't want to share. And I just, I'm so grateful. I know my audience is grateful. So thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you for having me and for asking really hard questions. So, you know, (laughs) this is almost like therapy. I tell you what. So (laughs) wait, hang on, hang on before you go. I missed like one of the most important things. Where can everybody find you? They can find me at One Big Happy Life everywhere, OneBigHappyLife.com. Instagram is actually where I'm most active in terms of responding to comments and DMs and things like that. But we have over 500 life-changing videos on YouTube. So watch, binge watch those and come tell me what you think over on Instagram. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on the show today, Tasha. Thanks for having me, Crystal. So what did you think? She's pretty amazing, right? Like I just, I feel like the luckiest person in the world to have met the people along this entrepreneurial journey the way that I have. And Tasha is one of those. I still remember us sitting there together in San Diego. And I just felt so lucky that she was like, hey, can I come sit here? I was like, yes, absolutely. And we've just kind of connected and I just, I love watching her journey unfold because she's doing really big things. And like I said in the beginning, her brand new podcast is out in the world as of this week. So make sure you go check it out. We're going to have all the links for you to connect with Tasha in the show notes. So crystalprofit.com slash episode 218. Go see what Tasha is up to. Check out her podcast. Go follow her on Instagram. Go check out her YouTube channel. Like if that's another thing that you're thinking, I might want to toy around with trying YouTube out, then go learn from Tasha and all the incredible things that she is doing over at One Big Happy Life. But also make sure that you check out her programs on building wealth. I love that the way that she approaches her business and her life is so centered around having financial freedom, not just now and not just in the future whenever we retire, but it's along the entire journey. So go check out Tasha. Again, the show notes are at crystalprofit.com slash episode 218. And that's all we have for you today. So if you're brand new here, make sure you go and hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening to this podcast. And I would so appreciate it if you would leave us a rating and a review. Those really help us push this podcast out in front of more people. And I would so appreciate if you would leave us a review because it means the world to me. But I also love seeing the feedback and the suggestions that we get in our reviews because 
I love connecting with y'all. I love connecting with this audience. I'm so appreciative of this community and I'm so happy that you're here. But as always, remember, keep it up. We all have to start somewhere.